Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. The Bible says that where the Lord is, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. The song Isaiah said, Isaiah 61 and 10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God. The psalm that said in Psalms 28 and 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and I am helped. My heart leaps. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to Him in song. My heart bubbles up in the presence of the Lord. If you're hurting inside today, maybe it's a bad week for you or a bad situation you may be wrestling with right now. Let the Lord in and your heart will begin to bubble with joy in the presence of your Father. Whatever situation you may be struggling with today, I want to remind you the words of R.W. Shambach. Some of you don't even know who he is. You young people, certainly some of us up there may remember R.W. Shambach. Anybody remember him? No? Oh, yes. Yes, hallelujah. Man, I felt like I was 200 here. Great evangelist, great preacher. But he used to close his radio show. Every time he closed, he would say these things. And these things I say to you. He always opened, he closed his service by saying, you don't have any problems. All you need is God. That's it. You don't have any problems. All you need is God. Take your Bibles with me this morning. Or let us look at the big screen. I've titled... My conversation with you this morning, and possibly even for a couple of more mornings that we meet together, is He will. Will you? It's a question for you this morning. He will. Will you? Psalms 12 and 5 Reads as follows, because of the oppression of the weak and the groaning of the needy, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. And the words of the Lord are flawless like silver refined on a furnace of clay, purified seven times. Oh, Lord, you will keep us safe and protect us from such people forever. Put your hand over your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to me today. Encourage me, Father. Help me to see that which is true. Encourage me, Father God, to a place and a realm in my life that I can be faithful to you in every way. I want to realize in true, Father God, true spirit and attitude. And recognize how faithful you are. 
may you find us faithful as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. I want to encourage you this morning, both young and old, to believe in a willing God. God's always willing. Regardless of how the I will nots may be written in the script, there are still thousands of more I wills. When you hear someone like the Lord say I will to a believer, those are the most beautiful words we could ever hear. When you're in a situation, you say, Lord, I'm hurting. What Will you heal me? And the Lord says, I will. Those are beautiful words. Father, I'm discouraged. My heart is weeping and broken before me. I will heal you. I will. Regardless of what may look like denials in Scripture, And how many holdbacks sometimes God allows us to go through. He waits. A denial is not a refusal. That denial in time, if you are faithful, will always become an I will. He is always willing to do for you. He's always willing to touch, to raise, to encourage, to revive, refresh, renew, give you back whatever you've lost. Always He is willing His I wills in Scripture by far outnumber the I will nots. So many times we are entangled in our business and life. And when negative things come and dark days encompass us, uh, we are hesitant sometimes to come to God. Sometimes when we mess up and we get into things that we shouldn't, we become embarrassed. And instead of running to God, we, like Adam in the garden, find something like Saul when God was looking for a king, hide behind the baggage of things in our lives. And we become afraid. Why? Because we are afraid that God will say, I will not. And so you hear that voice every time that you're in a situation And you hear that whisper of the evil one say, don't even bother him. Just like Jairus on that day in Luke chapter 8. His daughter is dying. And he heard that there was a Savior passing by. And he said, I'm going to go talk to Jesus. And as he was going, there were those who were biting at his ankles. Don't go. He has no time for that. He will not. You're a ruler. You're a pagan unbeliever. You are the problem in the city. Don't bother Christ. Don't do it. Yet in the midst of his persistence and his love for his daughter. And I believe deep inside his faith in the true Savior. He spoke to the Lord about his daughter. Will you make her well, Lord? Would you come and see her, man? And he heard the most beautiful words that could ever come from a Savior. He said, I will. I will. And his daughter lived that day. I will. We need to start believing that God is a God of I wills. I've got news for you this morning. Those of you who have feared to run to God over a situation because maybe it's festered too long. Or maybe it's just too far gone in your mind. And you're afraid the Lord's going to say, what for? I want to encourage you today and tell you that regardless of how dead your situation may be, 
He will command you as he did Elijah on that day when he walked through that valley of dry and dead bones. The Lord said, speak to them. Speak to them. And as he did, the Lord did give them life. And so whatever your circumstance may be, just know that if you come to God, there is always an I will waiting for you from his heart. No matter how drowning you may feel, to this morning we will cry out to God. And I know he will say, I will. He encouraged Jeremiah, the prophet. You know this verse verbatim. Jeremiah 33 and 3, a very comment, uh, commented uh, verse in Scripture. If you will cry out to me, I will respond to you. When you're feeling the fear of what seems impending doom in your life, call out to him and he will. He will say what he did in Psalms 12 and 5 as we read, I will now rise, says the Lord, and I will protect them from those who malign them. We have a God that is willing, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to encourage you this morning to believe that. But now comes the challenge. The challenge for us all. I hope I've proven my point in this short time that we have a God of I wills. That we have a God who says yes to his children. That even though he holds back a little bit for your safety, for your well-being, still he will always come back to you with an I will. The challenging moment, the challenging question this morning for us all is this. If God will, will you? Will you? God will. Will you? How many of us have ever had a relationship with a person, a family, a working peer, a boss, whatever? And they come to you and they make requests of you without reservation because they believe in you and they know you'll say you will. Hey, listen, can you take this shift for me? Sure. Hey, go ask him because he'll always take and cover for you. Boss, can I go home because my kid is sick? Sure. Yes, go home. And you know people who are always willing and so nice that regardless, can I borrow $5? Sure, yes, I will. But how many of us have had relationships that sadly enough have become short-lasting because the moment you turn around and say, will you, they say, I will not. Hey, listen, can I do this? And in your mind, you're not asking for a payback because you gave them a ride to San Antonio. Or because you gave them this or the other or provided this or the other. It's not because you're wanting to get paid back. But all of a sudden you believe, well, I always say yes. He's got to have the same heart. He knows how I am with him, with her, with them. He knows. They know. And so I know I can ask them. Ask them. They'll watch the baby. 
And all of a sudden, <clears throat> uh, no, you know, actually, we, uh, we have company. We're not going to. And you turn her away and you say, wow, okay, that's cool. And you may accept it the first, the second, but then the third times you know that they are a people of I will not. What does that do to a relationship, ladies and gentlemen? When you have a party of people, a person, a single friend, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, a husband, a wife that is ungrateful. They walk away without even a sense of commitment or thankfulness to all the giving and all the sacrifice you've done for them. I want us to think for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, about the heart of God. I want us to think about Jesus right now. I want us to think about our relationship with the Lord. It's no different than your husband and wife. No different than your barbecuing friends. It's no different than your boyfriend or your girlfriend. No different. It even should be a level above. But if here terrestrial in a horizontal plane, we are heartbroken when we hear people who will not. How broken do you think Christ might be every time we say, I will not. I will not. What does the Lord feel about your relationship with him. How are you? Have you been asking him for $5? Have you been asking him for a ride? Have you been asking him to cover your shift? Have you asked him to give you a job, to get you a job, to speak well uh, uh, about you uh, uh, to that place of employment? Have you, have you asked him to speak to the manager about that promotion? And all these things God said, I will. But now the Lord, there are requests of the Lord placed before us in Scripture. And how many times His I wills are flooded over by our I will nots. Without batting an eye, we turn our face from the Lord. Without acknowledging all the things He's done for us, we walk away with pockets full. Of the things he's provided for us. I pray you listen to what the spirit of the Lord would speak to us. Social media, listen carefully. God is speaking to you. Are you living a life of I will nots? I come to you this morning. With an admonishing word. With an encouraging word. We need to learn to become a people of I wills to God. We need to become a people who learn how to say yes to the Lord. It's only proper for us to learn to be generous with Him who is all generous to us. It's time for us, the church, once again, to be thankful for everything He's done for us. 
through thick and thin, dark and light, uh, heavy or light, whatever it may be, you be, he's brought us thus far. Oh, remember when the baby was sick? Remember when you were in the hospital? Remember when you couldn't pay your bills? Remember when you were broken hearted over a situation? Remember when you needed that job? Remember when you wanted to buy that car? Remember you prayed for that house? Remember you prayed for that promotion? Remember all these things. We need to learn to be thankful. Remember when you lived your life in a sinful Egypt. And your song by day was nothing but weeping. You were going through suffering after suffering in your life of sin before. But one day the Lord said, I will rescue you. We need to learn to say, I will. And not only when it's beneficial. We become selective I-willers. We become selective in our yes, Lord. It's got to benefit us to say yes. Hey, listen, will you uh, go with me over here and I will give you this. Okay, I'll take you. Hey, listen, can you do this for me and, and I'll pay you this kind of interest. Oh, of course, absolutely. anything to do for you, brother. Anything I can do for you. Can you watch my baby? And I'll watch your baby for a week. Absolutely. Hmm. Not even an ounce of gratefulness. And we learn to say I will again. Just because it's beneficial. But we need to learn how to say yes to the Lord in all things. Even when it's logical to your mind. Even if it makes sense to those around you. Even if it speaks against the finances of your home. Even if it speaks against the friendships you had for years. Even if it's not practical for this or the other that you may see as negative. We need to learn to say yes. It's easy to say yes to the Lord when you're in the hospital. Will you serve me if I get you out? Absolutely, Lord. He certainly gives you legs and you run away. When you're in a financial bind, Lord, help me. Please help me make it. I, I'm losing my house. Father, help me. I'm losing my car. Father, we're struggling. We just lost my job. They cut the hours. If I get you a job, will you love me? Uh, yes, Lord, absolutely. And now I can't go to church because I've got too much overtime going on. You're too quiet this morning. Do I have some I will not thirst here at church? All of us are like that. I said all of us are like that. Nobody's pointing any fingers. God is looking at our hearts, even mine. We need to learn to say, I will. Let us not lose the favor of God in your I won'ts. 
We must never allow this to happen in our relationship with the Lord. When people you don't hang around with because you knew they were just taking from you. And you need to get away from them. Don't let this happen with your relationship with God. Don't let the Lord hold back on his blessing simply because I've given you everything. And what have you given me? Father, just one more loan. Just one more gift. Just one more miracle. Lord, no more. No more. See, the people of Israel, we say like, well, God doesn't work that way. I, I beg to differ. Ask the people of Israel. What was supposed to be about an 18-day walk became 40 years for them. All because of their I won'ts. All because of their I won'ts. They refused to surrender. They continued to murmur of how impoverished they were. The Lord said, really? We'll take another trip. And ah, at least we had somewhere to die in Egypt. Really? We'll take another trip. At least I know we were making bricks out of pure hay and, and no mortar at all. Uh, and what are we doing here? And we're starving. We have no steaks to eat. Over there, at least we, we got a little something at the cafeteria. We'll take another little trip. And the sad part about it, please listen to what I'm saying. Ask yourself how many made it into the promised land. It's estimated in many different numbers. An estimated 3 point something million people left Egypt after those years of captivity. How many made it into Canaan? 10,000? 100,000 at least? None. None. Only those babies they had that were faithful unto God. But none of the murmurs, those the ungrateful people, never made it into the kingdom. It's important for us to learn to say yes. There's a scripture that I all reverence. I'm going to change a little bit just for the sake of application. Luke 6 and 31 says, do, do to others as you would have them do to you. In reverence to the word of God, may I rephrase that passage to us this morning and read it this way. Do unto God as you would have him do unto you. Treat God the way you want God to treat you. And so... He will. Will you? Let me give you a couple of things I believe the Lord's heart cries out for. When it comes to our I won'ts, He wants to hear and I will. Number one, He wants to hear all of us say, I will praise you. I will praise you. I'm not talking about just singing a song that DJ leads us to. I'm not talking about a nice sounding vibe that the ministry has here because you're a good musician or you wail your guitar or play your piano or drums or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being able to clap in rhythm. I'm talking about praising the Lord at heart. To being thankful 
with him. First Chronicles 16 and 6 reads, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nation what he has done. The first part is okay. But when it becomes just deeper than just normal little musical praise, is the challenge, the depth of praise that is required in this verse. Let's read it again. Give thanks to the Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to teach you how to shout out, thank you, Jesus. I want you to say that through this whole sermon. Say, thank you, Jesus. And I'm not satisfied with how loud it is. I'm going to tell you again. Say, thank you, Jesus. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. But here it is. You ready? Make known to the nations. I will give him thanks. I will. That's an easy I will. We come into the house of God. It's easy to praise the Lord in a world of people of like faith. It's easy to shout when the song is good. It's easy to walk and say, God bless you. Good to see you. Oh, love you guys. Thanks a lot for coming. It's easy. We're in the realm of people that do that as a norm. And that's good praise. That's nice. It's good to praise the Lord together. DJ says, lift your hands and praise. And everybody lifts their hands. It's easy. Because the guy next to you, sister next to you, is doing the same thing. What if everybody in this house turned around and crossed their arms and looked at you? Would you conform? Could the worship team continue to worship with the same zeal if all of you just sat there going... You see, it takes more, doesn't it? It takes more. Because you'll hear the music going, bah, 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 ding, 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 ding. Nobody wants to worship. Really. And what's that have to do with you? Ah. You see, maybe somebody next to you doesn't have a reason to worship. But they haven't been where you've been. The Lord didn't find you where he found you. The Lord didn't forgive you of the sin he forgave you of. Some of us know that if it had not been for the grace of God, we would not be sitting here. So you need to turn around and say, if you have nothing to shout about, excuse me while I praise him. Hallelujah. Excuse me while I lift his name on high. Excuse him. Me while I thank him for what he has made me and brought me through. Maybe you don't have have a reason to shout. But what does it have to do with me? And what does it have to do with me and him? He is worthy of his praise. He is so worthy of his praise. Oh, how I hope one day we have no electricity in this church. I wonder how many will come to church and how many much more will praise his name if we just sing with our voices. See, it takes more. 
And so give thanks to the Lord, he says, and call on his name. But here he goes. You need to love him at a deeper level if you're going to make anyone know about him. You see the death of phrase? It's not just a normal one. You love the Lord? Absolutely, I do. Have you told and witnessed anybody? Well, no. Well, you must not really love him that deep, do you? It says, praise the Lord. Give him thanks and let the nations know. Teach them to give glory to his name. And for that, there needs to be a praise, an uncontrollable, insatiable praise in our hearts. Psalm 7 and 17, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. And I will sing praise to his name for the Lord most high, of the, of the Lord most high. Psalm 104, a very popular passage. Everyone knows it verbatim. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. What God wants to hear from us is, Lord, I will praise you. Again, I spoke to you of the brokenness in a relationship who says, I will, and the other party says, I will not. Can you imagine what the Lord is feeling when we refuse to praise him at the level he's expecting us to be grateful for? Isaiah 43 and 19 reads as follows. See, I am doing a new thing, he says. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Look at what I'm doing. Yeah, can't you? Have you forgotten? Isn't there a certain amount of praise that should be bubbling up from your heart when you think of how lost you were and how on your way to hell you were until I rescued you? Look at what I'm doing when you didn't think you could find a way. I made a way when you were thirsty. I made water flow from a rock. When you were hungry, I fed you from heaven. I gave you bread from heaven. Do you not remember? I'm doing a new thing in your life. Do you not perceive it? Oh, what a shame. Verse 20. Oh, what a shame. Don't hate the messenger. This is the complaint of your Lord and your God. What does he say in verse 20? Read it in concert. The wild animals honor me. The jackals and the owls. Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to drink to my people. Oh, my people, my chosen. Keep going, please. Listen to what he says. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Keep moving quickly, please. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourself for me, Israel. If you look up the word weary, just by simple definition, it means to be exhausted. It means to be fatigued. It means to be overtired. That's a proper English word. To be overtired. Has anybody ever loved the Lord to praise him till you're exhausted? You remember the psalmist who said, as a deer pants for the streams of living water? So my soul pants for you, O oh my living God. So my heart thirsts for you, O oh Lord. 
He said, the people that I formed, the people that I loved, the people that I rescued, the people that I've saved. Look, the donkeys. They worship and honor me. The flowers of the field, all created things. You remember Jesus coming into the triumphal entry in Jerusalem when the Pharisees wanted the people to be quiet and not to worship the king? He said, if they don't shout glory and praises to my name, the rocks will shout out. So everything, this is a note to that. This is writing about that. He said, the rocks will worship it. Look, I formed the rocks and yet they give honor to my name. And that those who I have chosen, the ones he calls the apple of his eye, the one he calls his royal priesthood, the one he calls my peculiar people. Peculiar. Imagine the word God calls us peculiar. It means you're strange. You're strange, funny looking. Yeah, yeah. like when you see somebody's kid that you don't know, you're like, oh, <laughs> he looks peculiar. God calls us his peculiar people. We're thinking that we're all hotties and things, and God's looking at it like, woo, look at that ugly kid. His peculiar people, you know why? Because you're different. That's what makes you peculiar, not because you're ugly, but because you're different to the people of this world. My peculiar people, the apple of my eye. He said, he who touches Israel touches the apple of my eye. Everybody try to touch the apple of your eye. I'm telling you, if you make God flinch, he'll rile up from his throne and take care of business. He said, don't you touch my kids. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can get, come against me all you want, but don't you touch my kids. They're peculiar and you don't understand them. You think they're a little freaky here and there. That's okay, but they're my kids. They're my kids. I love them. I love them. But my people, the ones that I formed with everything that I wanted, all the love that I wanted, I formed them, fearfully made them, they won't even honor me. They won't. They do the easy things, but anytime they think I'm going over the edge, they say, I won't, I won't. Is it possible that we've forgotten how to praise him, ladies and gentlemen? Is it possible that we've forgotten how to truly praise him till we're exhausted? Has anybody been in church for maybe 30 years, 40 years? Anybody else? You remember? Yes, yes. You remember when services, <laughs> I know, I wasn't a Christian, but man, we had, all of my brothers had a drug problem. My mother drug us to church every service. I have my sister there to prove it. She used to take us to church. Doesn't matter. She had six burly, seven burly guys, man. But she also had an Arizona ash tree that had limbs like this and sounded like Zorro. 
And so we go to church, but we remember sitting in church when we were kids, and church would never finish. Never. All of you would absolutely leave the church and never come back if we stayed here till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And here they were at the altar rolling around, weeping and crying. We're sitting there looking at our mother rolling back and forth and everybody else screaming and hollering at the altar in worship unto God until some of them just fell over. We're like, okay, one is down, man. We got a chance. Come on. But you see, they exhausted themselves trying to find Jesus. Do we even work up a sweat? We need to learn how to praise him. We need to learn how to exhaust ourselves after him. To love him and to praise him in such a way that that kind of praise causes us to not keep it for ourselves, but let the nations know how great he is. Hallelujah. Is it possible, ladies and gentlemen, that we have allowed these inanimate, unfeeling, nothing instruments to take the place of our worship? Is it possible that we've allowed a piece of wood with metal strings on it to do the worshiping for us and the praising for us? That must never be. There is one instrument that God wants to hear. And when he requires of that heart, he desires to hear this from you, Lord. I will praise you with my heart. This is the greatest, most wonderful instrument God expects to hear from at every worship service. Praises from the heart. He said it. The Lord is looking for those who will praise him in spirit and in and in truth. First Chronicles 29 and 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. You know what that means? What does it mean when David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly? It means he was unashamed. He was unembarrassed to worship him. He was unembarrassed to pray for his meal in the midst of unbelievers at work. He was unafraid to pray for someone who needed prayer in the middle of the assembly at work. He was unafraid to let somebody at Walmart know that they needed, if they needed prayer to pray with them in the assembly of people. Even though they're, it doesn't say that they're believers or unbelievers, just the assembly. Every time Jesus got together, there were both unbelievers and believers. It was just never, a, everybody was there a believer. There were no other reason for them to gather except to gather unbelievers. And they would praise him there openly in the assembly. Don't ever be ashamed to shout the name of Jesus. Don't ever hold back to praise your Lord and Savior. Again, I say to you, maybe the person next to you may not have a reason to shout, but they have not experienced the Lord the way you have. He's not for them, done for them possibly what the Lord has done for you. 
Let us learn to praise him. When he asked you for an earnest praise, ladies and gentlemen, let us all learn to say, I will. You have time for one more this morning? Are you blessed this morning? Is this challenging your heart? It's a very quiet church this morning. I don't know if some of you are waiting to hear thunder from the ugly, horrendous thunderstorms that are supposed to be happening. I will obey. Ouch. I will obey. Lord, I will obey you. Anybody can say that. Until the push comes to shoving. Until the requirement is real. I will obey. There's something that will bring great joy to our father. Is the voice of a child that says, Father, I will obey what you say. Exodus 16 and 28. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? That's the heart of God. I believe even today. The reason I'm giving you this this morning is because I want us to stay away from this kind of thing. To learn to say, I will. Those of us who have children. I said this and I got all kinds of people angry at me, but I've done that before, so I may take the challenge again. All of us have children. Well, not all of us, right? But those of us who do. And you have maybe more than one. And you hear mothers say, oh, I love them both equally. And I say to you, no, you don't. If you have three or four, oh, I love all my kids the same. No, you don't. No, you don't. I told you, some of you are going to walk out like, yes, I do, Pastor. Maybe you don't love yours. I love mine. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, I'm not talking about the mothership of it. I, I love, of course, yeah, we know that you love all your children. But you don't love and favor the children all the same. And I'm going to tell you simply why. And it's a simple thing. You somehow grow close to the ones who are obedient. <laughs> I win. Checkmate. Right? Who are you going to take? Um, I'll take uh, Carlos. Why Carlos? Because he's the one that listens to me. I never get to go. Well, learn to obey. Right? Now do you love them the same? No, you don't. No, you don't. I know you'll love and you'll do anything for them. I know they're all your children. That's not what I'm saying. Don't go and get out here. Oh, Pastor, say we. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. You always favor the one who says yes. Son, would you cut the yard? Sure, Dad. Instead of. So you go out there and you buy something. And who do you remember? You remember Carlos. You didn't get me one. You didn't earn one. I love all my kids the same. No, you don't. 
Should I compare that kind of love to God's? I know that the Lord loved us all. He died for us. But when it comes to favor and when it comes to receiving the blessings, you need to remember that the Bible says like children, when he speaks of children, they are our heritage. That means that God knows how to bless his kids. God knows how to bless those who bless the Lord, those how, who know how to obey. I've said this, and I want you to remember this. Your blessings, everybody say my blessings. Say it loud like you believe it, my blessings. I want you to make a fist at me. I know some of you are angry at me already. <laughs> I spoke about your kids and you and your love your kids. I want you to put your hand like this. Say, okay. My blessing are held in the hand of my obedience. My blessings are held in the hand of my obedience. How oh, do I have to prove that there's a thousand verses? A thousand verses. That tells us, let us go back to the time of Moses. He wrote a whole chapter. He said, if you will just obey the commands I give you, I will bless you when you go in. I will bless you when you go out. All your cattle will be fat and blessed. And having calves, your sheepfolds will be full. And everything, you'll have a blessing. I'll defend you from the devourer. I'll push away your enemies. I'll do everything for you if you'll just learn. To obey. If you'll just learn to say I will. I wonder why God didn't. Well, maybe he asked for an I will and you said I won't. Mm. I pray that you're listening with your heart. This will change your life and it will put you in a realm of blessing. Our homes today are more led by founded rules and ideas that we make. And we wonder why we struggle. Because it's not a house of I wills. There are no I wills in that house. We wonder sometimes for our children, for our relationships, our work, our business, whatever it may be. Why is it that they're faltering? Why? When you look at our nation. Look at our nation. Open your eyes. Look at our nation. Why are we faltering? We are in deep trouble as a nation. Why? Why? Because we don't know how to say I will to God. We've lost the art of saying, I will. The Lord has kept this nation blessed because he said he would. But soon enough, our I will nots have caught up to us. And now we are neck deep in financial, economical, worldwide war threats, everything else to the neck. All because of I will not. Homes destroyed, nations crumbling and falling. Oh, so many filled with trouble. All because your blessing is held in the hand of your obedience, of your I will obey God.
we need to learn to say I will. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm not going to move anymore. I think we're going to have this conversation if you want to listen to some more of this. If not, stay home next Sunday. But we're going to learn how to say I will to God, ladies and gentlemen. It's for your benefit. It's not doing a thing for me. It's doing everything for you. My obedience will do everything for me. God will display his favor. He'll always look at his obedient children with that special care. Yes, he loves every believer. He loves the world, the Bible says. He loves the world. But if you want that place, that special favor, that place where God can bless you, where you can open and freely go to the Lord in your time of need and say, Father, will you? And the Lord will say, because he loves me, I will show him my salvation. Because you are an I will believer. Because every time I tell you, son, will you, you say, yes, Lord, I will. Even if it doesn't make to you sense to you, son, you say, I will. Even if it's going to kind of dislodge you from whatever comfort zone you thought you were in. Even if it doesn't, it means like it's not a, a really kosher for me to do this. You say, I will. And you've trusted me. Because of that, I will show you my salvation. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will lift you up when the enemy comes against you. I will stand with you. Whenever you call me in the middle of the night because you're broken, I will listen and I will comfort you. Whenever your family is in trouble, your children are hurting for whatever reason, I will rescue them because you love me. Because you've learned how to say, I will. Let's get away from the I will nots. Stop asking why God won't. God won't. The first thing you want to ask yourself, I need this. Will God? Mm, have I? Have I? It's only fair. We just agreed that a relationship that is just taking and never giving is no relationship at all. You don't want somebody like that in your life. You don't want a boyfriend like that. You don't want a family, a father like that. You don't want anybody like that in your life. You don't want friends like that. You move away from that. Help us, Lord, to say I will. We don't want God to say no. We don't want God to challenge us to look at ourselves and say, I will, I will. <laughs> My question to you is, uh, will, will you? Will you? That's the point. That's the valley of decision that nobody likes to go to. This is where sermons aren't that appealing anymore. It's okay when we talk about how God wants to just let gold dust land on the church and everybody is blessed. But whenever God steps down and says, hey, listen, I did all this stuff for you. Will you do this for me? You remember the people that we used to follow Jesus. 
And the moment the Lord began to speak to them about a bread of life, they all left because they thought he was going to give them truly loaves of bread that could fill their bellies. And they said, hey, look, Lord, they're leaving. He goes, yeah, it's because they thought I had a truck of rainbow bread back there. They thought I had, I, I, I was the owner of a baking company where everybody was going to come and get free loaves of bread and sweet breads and everything else. That's not what I'm talking about. The bread I was offering was the bread of life. So it's not learning how to say I will to God when your belly is going to be full. It's good for us to learn to say I will to God even when our bellies are hungry just a little longer. Even when it doesn't make sense. When God says, listen, you learn to be faithful in this. You get away from that. You learn how to pray. You learn how to read your word. You learn how to be a faithful steward. Learn how to tithe. Learn how to give. Learn how to help. Learn how to serve. Learn how to witness. Learn how to share my love to the world. And you say, I will. Can you imagine the explosion of blessing in the house of God. Wow. That's not possible, Pastor. Oh, yes, it is. Yep. Yes, it is. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.